translation, Manu replied, To expand himself in Vedic knowledge, Lord Brahma, the personified Veda, from his face created you, the Brahmanas, who are full of austerity, knowledge, and mystic power, and are averse to sense gratification. Purport by His Divine Grace, A.C. Bhaktivedanta Swami Prabhupada. The purpose of the Vedas is to propagate the transcendental knowledge of the Absolute Truth. The Brahmanas were created from the mouth of the Supreme Person, and therefore they are meant to spread the knowledge of the Vedas in order to spread the glories of the Lord. In the Bhagavad Gita also, Lord Krishna says that all the Vedas are meant for understanding the Supreme Personality of Godhead. It is especially mentioned here, Yoga Yuktanalampatam, that Brahmanas are full of mystic power and are completely averse to sense gratification. Actually, there are two kinds of occupations. One occupation in the material world is sense gratification, and the other occupation is spiritual activity to satisfy the Lord by His glorification. Those who engage in sense gratification are called demons, and those who spread the glorifications of the Lord or satisfy the transcendental senses of the Lord are called demigods. It is specifically mentioned here that the Brahmanas are created from the face of the cosmic personality or Virata Purush. Similarly, the Chatris are said to be created from his arms, the Vaishyas are created from his waist, and the Sudras are created from his legs. Brahmanas are especially meant for austerity, learning, and knowledge, and are adverse to all kinds of sense gratification. Vedic knowledge means to come to the ultimate conclusion or to understand the absolute truth. And this is known as real research or scientific inquiry. Nowadays, the goals of knowledge or science are very short-sighted and they do not reach to the ultimate conclusion. This is because the ultimate conclusion is beyond the purview of the limited sense perception of the conditioned souls. Everyone who comes within this material world is conditioned by the defects of imperfect senses, propensity for cheating, uh, propensity to make mistakes, and subject to illusion. But conditioned souls being limited in these four ways, uh, cannot uh, break through the coverings of this material nescience in order to understand the nature of the absolute truth. This is confirmed by Lord Brahma himself. Advaitam achutam anarianantarupam adhyam purana purusham navayovanam cha vedeshudurlabam adulabam atma bhakto Govindamadi Purusham Tamaham Bhajami Govinda or Krishna cannot be understood by Vedic uh, research work. Uh, this means that generally the Vedas are dealing with the various uh, uh, modes of material nature and how they interact. 
Uh, this is mentioned in the Gita that the Vedas uh, are dealing in these three modes of material nature. But the actual essence of the Vedas uh, is mentioned. Vedasya savera aham eva vedyo vedantakrit vedavit eva chaham. Actually, for those who can understand the true meaning of Vedic inquiry, they'll come to the right conclusion that the goal of the Vedas is to know Krishna. But Krishna cannot be known simply by one who is entangled. But one who actually surrenders unto Krishna, he can cross over these difficult modes of material nature and come to the correct conclusion. Otherwise, these gunas are like ropes which bind one. Uh, it is not possible for one who is bound up with ropes to become free of his own volition. Simply desiring is not sufficient. Uh, he has to get the help of someone who is not bound up. Therefore, the basis of spiritual life begins with the approaching uh, of the spiritual master. Tadvijanatam sagudam bhavagachet one has to find out a bona fide spiritual master, one who has understood the meaning of the Vedas, one who has realized the meaning of the Vedas, one who is living by the meaning of the Vedas. That is to say, Bhaktosi me sakacheti. Krishna says to Arjuna that I'm going to understand this, I'm going to explain this to you because you're my devotee and my friend. The qualification for understanding the Vedas is this bhakti. Only by pure unalloyed devotional service can Krishna, the goal of the Vedas, actually be understood. Only for the bhakta. So, this principle of bhakti has to be there for Vedic knowledge to be revealed. Real Brahman, as it's mentioned here, that the Brahmins are created in order to spread the teachings of the Vedas. A real Brahmin is not the type who simply makes some uh, income for the purposes of preaching the Vedas. Uh, in India there are so many professionals, even here in London also, there are many professional uh, persons of this Brahmin community, and they make a livelihood out of teaching different types of Vedas. Uh, but actually, Krishna cannot be given by such persons. A Brahman is one who knows Brahman, and the Parabrahman is Krishna. Param Brahma, Param Dhamma, Pavittam, Paraman Bhavan. Arjuna confirms that Krishna is known as the Parabrahma. So one who knows uh, Brahman, the Supreme Brahman, or Krishna, he can actually be qualified to teach the Vedas. Now, here it is mentioned, uh, what are the qualities of these Brahmins? Uh, they are full of austerity. So the tendency in this material world is to engage in unlimited sense gratification. As soon as we take a body, uh, the body is uh, typified by different sets of senses, just like the body of an animal of one kind or the body of another kind of animal has another set of senses. A tree has a set of senses, birds have senses, human beings have senses, 
demigods have senses. And according to the type of body which we get, we get a particular set of senses which are able to enjoy a certain group of sense objects. Just like a hog will not enjoy eating sweetmeats as much as he'll enjoy eating stool because this is the type of sense which he's given. So, everyone is conditioned by the body and conditioned by the senses of this body. Now, devotional service means to overcome this conditioning, to be able to relish uh, spiritual sense objects. Vishaya vinivartahante niradashi dehina rasharajam this paramdrista, this higher taste, this relish for spiritual sense objects, this develops gradually by the practice of bhakti yoga. In the beginning, the process of bhakti yoga is characterized by sadhana, whereby the um, neophyte, the sadak, sadaka, he practices the regulated principles because in the beginning we're accustomed to eating stool and all other nonsense things. So how to recondition this lower taste? Therefore, we have to practice the regulated program of sadhana bhakti, where we forcefully, if necessary, uh, insist, now get up early in the morning, now chant 16 rounds, taste the chanting of the holy name, now go into the temple, see the deity, go into the prasadam hall, take prasadam, associate with the devotees, don't associate with the non-devotees. They say, do this, don't do this, all of these things. Just like a little child has to be told, now Johnny, you do this, now don't do this. You see? And if Johnny is a bad boy, he has to be punished and put in the corner. So this is the beginning of devotional service. You cannot expect that a child will go to school on his own. Even though the school is supposed to be good for him, on his own, he'll simply waste his time and play all day. But his parents, knowing what is good for him, they force him to go to school. In the same way, the spiritual master or the temple authorities, they must force the devotee, you must do like this, you must do like that. You see? Otherwise, on their own, they will not do. But gradually, by performing these regulated principles, natural relish awakens. And this natural relish, when it awakens, this is called the platform of Raganuga Bhakti, or spontaneous attachment, where a person actually begins to relish the sense objects which are spiritual, and he doesn't need any force, but rather that own relishment is a source of inducement for more and more performance of devotional service. In the beginning, uh, austerity is there, because uh, it is very difficult to... Uh, as it is, uh, it is mentioned in the Bhagavad Gita um, that one who is too much attached, Bhagaishvarya Prashaktanam Vyaparita Chaitasam Vyavyashayatmika Buddhi Samadonavadiyate, one who is too attached to uh, opulence and sense gratification, the resolute determination for devotional service will not take place. Therefore, voluntarily, we accept austerity. Voluntarily, just like now is Chaturmasa. So Chaturmasa, at least minimum austerity, we shall not take these four things. Uh, spinach, then dahi, then uh, also milk, and what is the last one? Erdal? Erdal. So, 
we don't overemphasize austerity um, because practically speaking it is very difficult in the Western world to be very austere. You, see. Uh, you read the Chaitanya Chaitamrita and you will understand what is austerity. Just like for a sannyasi, Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was so strict that when Chauta Haridas simply glanced with a little lustiness upon a woman, he was immediately refused entry into the association of Lord Chaitanya and he had to commit suicide. And Chaitanya Mahaprabhu said, very well done, he should have done that. Such a strict sannyasi, where can he be found in this present day? Chaitanya Mahaprabhu was lying down on the ground. He was living in the most austere conditions, you see. But uh, it is very difficult to be so austere. Even Srila Prabhupada said that he was very hesitant to come into this material world on the order of Krishna because he could not take austerity. So he said, Krishna assured me that don't worry, I will make all arrangements for you, that it will not be difficult. So Prabhupada got his Bhaktivedanta manner and all other nice places. But actually we could understand that Prabhupada was the most austere because from Bhaktivedanta Manor he would move to Mayapur and live in a little hut with no facilities whatsoever. So, uh, ultimately, what is real meaning of austerity is that I shall only use uh, whatever I can in the service of Krishna. Austerity means I shall restrict voluntarily sense gratification. So that has to happen. In the beginning, the most basic restriction is this... uh, Tapasya brahmachari jena. This brahmachari celibacy is required. Even for the grihasta community, they have to be, uh, Prabhupada said, brahmachari grihastas in our society, that they have to observe the celibacy except for the purposes of procreating children. Otherwise, everyone must observe this celibacy. This is a great austerity in this age. Practically, these four principles which, which we follow are sufficient austerity for this Kali Yuga. And we see how difficult it is to follow. Hardly so many of our God brothers and God sisters have fallen down. At least half of them must have fallen down because they cannot follow these regulated principles. So how to follow these regulated principles very nicely because this is such an essential fact. The only way is by experiencing this higher taste. Just like how does a brahmachari remain celibate? By keeping very close relationship with his god brothers if he has very affectionate and warm dealings with his other god brothers then he'll be satisfied because loving feelings must be there similarly with his spiritual master he must keep very warm and affectionate feelings this is how even without sex life one one feels great love and affection gradually as one advances in Krishna karnas he can express that love and affection for all living entities, just like Srila Prabhupada. He did not distinguish between man, woman, young or old, this country, that country. He loved everybody very equally because he was not affected by the bodily condition that I am man, you are woman. But that takes practice of austerity. When One should not try to jump to that position unless he's actually attained it. But when he's attained it, then he may associate freely with all living entities and help them. So austerity is essential. And knowledge means, uh, in any case, austerity we should limit as far as possible. Live simply for Krishna, 
we give all facilities. We should never force Krishna to become austere, just like Krishna doesn't have to observe ekadasi, but we observe ekadasi. You see, so this is the difference. People come and they say, "Look how opulently you're living," but it's not just that we're living opulently. We're living in Krishna's home. We're living as the servants of the most opulent personality. Our austerity is that whatever we get within this world, we utilize in Krishna's service. As far as knowledge goes, that is the essence of knowledge, how to see everything in its relationship with the Supreme Lord. So a Brahmin knows this, a real genuine Brahmin. He does not artificially reject things, but he sees their proper utilization. And everything has a relationship or a connection with God. And the knowledge of how to use this is real knowledge. This is not theoretical. Krishna consciousness is not theoretical. What characterizes Srila Prabhupada's greatness, what characterizes the greatness of our present uh, gurus, acharyas in our movement, and of the GBC, and any senior uh, successful preacher is his expertise in engaging people and engaging things in the service of Krishna. This is just like a great book distributor. What characterizes a great book distributor is that he does not relate on the bodily platform. He relates everyone he sees to Krishna. Therefore, whoever he sees, he thinks, let me give that person a book. And he's so capable of seeing that person on the spiritual platform that he knows just how to preach to him to make him take a book. I was just relating in the car about Tripurari Maharaj, how uh, so uh, expert that he would walk down uh, the different halls of the airports. No matter who he saw, he saw a potential person going away with a book. He never saw that this man cannot take the Krishna consciousness. Prabhupada never saw that we should never see anyone. Such a person cannot take the Krishna consciousness. Of course, the Uttama, that is the position of Uttamadikai. And uh, that is not possible to, again, attain. For the purposes of preaching, we have to distinguish between uh, the devotees and the non-devotees. But at least we should give everyone as far as possible the opportunity to take the Krishna consciousness. This is real Brahminical activity. Uh, and it is only possible when you come on the platform of Brahma Bhuta Prasanatma, Nasotati Nakamshati, Samaha Sarvesha Bhutesha, the equal to all living entities. That is a real Brahmin platform that we no longer see in this bodily mentality. But this is knowledge. Jnana Vigyana. Ashtikam Brahma Karma Knowledge and realization. Knowledge is not sufficient. You can get a lot of book knowledge. But that knowledge has to become realized. And how does it become realized? When the guru blesses you. This you should understand. That knowledge does not become absorbed like you. You cannot be just like a sponge, you see, just absorbing. Because if, if that is not the platform, that is not the process of Krishna consciousness, that uh, you simply can read and automatically becomes revealed or realized. This process is by the grace of the spiritual master then the, the actual thing which you have read will actually become revealed. And what is the qualification that I was speaking about yesterday? It is through devotional service. When the spiritual master is satisfied that his disciple is nicely engaged and is lovingly serving the deity with his heart and soul, then he blesses this disciple with all understanding. That's why Srila Krishna Das Kaviraj is always praying to his spiritual master. Because it is only by the grace of the spiritual master that one can understand Krishna and subjects about Krishna. It is not by your own abilities. Don't think like that. 
That is the Mayavadi conception, that I need the guru only in certain to a certain extent, but I can I can attain on my own also. This is materialism to think like that. We have to always be dependent on the lotus feet and the mercy of our spiritual master. Mystic power, uh, actually, it is a mystical power to make a person into a devotee. You see, there are eight types of mystic perfections, but none of these equal the perfection of making someone from a non-devotee into a devotee. Uh, sometimes people would say to Prabhupada uh, that, uh, can you do any wonderful thing? And Prabhupada said, I have done the most wonderful thing. I have gone where there was no Krishna Khanas and now there is Krishna Khanas. I have taken a complete sinner and turned him into a beautiful devotee. So what could be a greater mystical power but this mystical power ultimately comes from the supreme mystic, powerful personality of Godhead Krishna. Again, we should always recognize that uh, the, any person who is empowered, he is empowered to preach. We do not preach from our own power. Uh, it is coming from Krishna. Um, there was a statement by Srila Prabhupada that someone said, Srila Prabhupada, I just want to fulfill your desires. And he said, it is not my desire. It is the desire of my Guru Maharaj and the desire of Sri Chaitanya Mahaprabhu and the desire of Krishna. I have no personal desire of my own. Similarly, the Guru has no personal power of his own. He's empowered. His desires are dovetailed. He is simply a transparent biomedia for Krishna's desires to be enacted. Therefore, we see the spiritual master on an equal level with Krishna because there's no difference, actually. In this respect, in the purpose for which they are both present, there is one, it's, it's the same. So, uh, this mystical power, the greatest mystical power of delivering people from the ocean of suffering to back to home, back to Godhead, this is only given to pure unalloyed devotees. The other eight perfections can be given to any yogis. There are so many yogis who can attain uh, Siddhi. Uh, Lagima City, all of these different types of perfections. But only very rare person, very, very many thousand, only that rare soul who achieves pure unalloyed devotional service to Krishna. Krishna rewards him with the greatest mystic perfection of how to transfer Krishna bhakti to another person. You see, when the Panchatantra, when they danced and chanted, they broke open the storehouse of love of God which was formally sealed. And now anyone who follows in the footsteps of this Panchatattva, they become empowered to distribute this mercy of Lord Chaitanya freely. This mercy is overspreading the whole world, but unfortunately people don't know how to take it. So the empowerment or the power is to teach people how to taste the mercy of Krishna. Because the mercy is everywhere. Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, it's clearly written in the Chaitanya Chaitanya, that this Sankirtan, Rupa Goswami said, it's overflooded the world. But although it's overflooded, people are drowning, but they won't breathe this nectar. They won't swallow this nectar. They're only grasping for whatever material essence is there. So we have to teach people how to allow themselves to relax and appreciate Krishna consciousness. This, de this depends on our expertise in spreading this movement. You see? So everyone has to pray for the mercy of Sri Guru and Gauranga, that they kindly uh, empower us uh, to be fit tools or puppets in their hands, 
and to assist. We don't think that we can do anything very significant to assist Chaitanya Mahaprabhu, to assist our spiritual master, but in some small way, make me a tool in your plan. That is our only prayer. Make me a little tool. Just use me in any way you can to in, uh, uh, enliven people to take this process of Krishna consciousness. <clears throat> so I think we've run out of time. Is there any time? No time. Jai. All glories to Sri Guru and Sri Gauranga.